0: I'm Dave Rowe. And I'm Jock Wilson. And this is another edition of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. Happy Thursday because that's the day that we drop these podcasts. Jock, good to have you back. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Okay, well, let's uh, let's see how much you're looking forward to it here <laughs> because uh, as you know, we've been doing a series on uh, Meet the Crew. We started off uh, meeting the broadcasting crew of uh, Mark Steven and uh, also Greg Peterson getting their background. And last week, Jock uh, was grilling me. It's funny to think about the uh, It's like I've been in here 10 years now. Mm I'm still the new guy on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, you are <laughs> the new guy.
1: The fresh face. A veteran crew. Ooh, We've and been you? together for a while.
0: Yeah, we have. And you, not so fresh. You've been around a little longer oh, than
1: me. Man, I, I always tell people, you know, I'm never going to die a rich man working in the media business for over 35 years, but I haven't worked a day in my life, Dave. Nope. And I think, you know, that's that's the great thing about this industry is because if you love what you do, it really isn't work. And I, I've i been lucky. I've been blessed. You know, I, I heard your story last week, you know, about how you... Uh, you know, you went to broadcasting school, and then you started in a small town of Castlegar. I, I was the complete opposite. I, I basically uh, started off going to school here, and and and, and, and just a little backstory here. So. When when I was finishing high school, I took a flex year and I really wasn't sure what the hell I wanted to do when I grew up. And and I had thought about broadcasting. I thought it was pretty cool. My dad had, you know, he thought it was just a stupid, <laughs> stupid idea. He said, broadcasting, that's, you know, you got to take business. You got to be an accountant like me. And I'm going, well, I really don't want to be an accountant at all. So I, I did apply for uh, for business school, actually at BCIT as well, because I'm a I'm, I'm a, I'm a BC mm-hmm. boy. And my girlfriend at the time was going to Mount Royal College. And I had talked to her and said, I think I'd really like to take this broadcasting course. And she goes, well, why don't you apply for the broadcasting course at Mount Because that's where I'm going. And so I followed my, my you love. i followed your heart. <laughs> I followed my heart. That's a beautiful and, thing. And I did get accepted to broadcasting school in Calgary. And I, I also got accepted to BCIT as well. So now I had a decision. So I was going to go to business school or do I go to... Uh, uh, do I go to Calgary and, and take broadcasting school? And and I thought about it and I said, "Yeah, my dad doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I say, if, if, <laughs> if broadcasting doesn't work out, I definitely, you know, will follow up a, you know, a business background. So I followed my, my love. I followed my heart and I ended up in Calgary. I took the broadcasting course at, uh, at Mount Royal and I was really, really lucky because I started doing some freelance work for Stan Fischler. I started, you know, I was out and about doing uh, doing so many things when I was still in school uh, pissing off Al Coates, trying to get you know press <laughs> passes to the Calgary Flames games and everything from that standpoint because I I really wanted to become a, a sports broadcaster and and sure enough as soon as, well and then actually I, my very first job I was still in school um, it was at Kick One Hundred and Seven. And I was the ski reporter. They had a ski reporter's job. And so it means I had to get up every morning at five o'clock in the morning. And it was bloody early, but it was beer money. And I, I was on the radio and I was doing ski reports and stuff like that. And um, uh, the, the rest is history because once I, and I actually didn't even graduate because I was busy, uh, you know, doing some work at uh, at Kick FM. And I let my schooling, uh, you know, fall off a little bit. But uh, when my school year ended, uh, they offered me a job, just a summer a summer grant program. And this is how I got my start in the business. Uh, it was a summer grant program. I was making lots of money on the West Coast as a salmon fishing guide. Some people have heard this story before. But uh, they offered me the summer job where the, the company, Kick FM, and it was a private company at the time, would pay me $400. The government would pay me $400. So it was a government matching program. It was only like a three-month contract. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go work for $800 a month, and I'm leaving a job that's paying me Big dollars to be a salmon fishing guide with great tips and yep. great opportunity, but I realized I had to make I had to make the jump and if I really wanted to become a broadcaster, I had to get into that pair, uh, that area so I, I took the job at KIC uh, kick for the summer program and the rest is history because I ended up uh, becoming their sports director right after the summer grant uh, you know ended and uh, here I am today I mean it's kind of funny it's sort of
0: you and I you know, ended up in a in a similar place here, but right. we trod opposite paths. I was the big city kid who went to the small towns to work his way right. up, and you started <laughs> in the in the small town and worked your way up. So let's wind the clock back a little bit, and let's. Yeah. Uh, so w- where does a young Jock Wilson get started out? Where here? does a young Jock Wilson get started out? Well, you know, growing up in Puskoopy, British Columbia. So that is that is how you say it. Yes, uh, okay, and, and if you know where
1: Puskoopy is, you can go to the front of the class because uh, you know you know your geography very well, and uh, Pooscoopy is in northeast. Eastern British Columbia, and there is a story behind it because my my father was from Coburg, Ontario. My mother was from Vancouver. Um, they got married, and my dad had this vision that Dawson Creek, which is the start of the Alaska Highway, was going to be the hub of the North. And because it is mile zero of the of the Alaska Highway, my dad started his practice and moved his uh, new bride to Dawson Creek, and they uh, started up a little bit of a hobby farm. And he was an accountant, as I said earlier, so he started up his uh, his practice in, in Dawson Creek. Uh, my dad was close. Uh, uh, Dawson Creek did not become the hub of the north. Uh, Grand Prairie, because it was in Alberta, probably became the hub of the north. Swinging a miss, yeah. Uh, Prince yep. George probably the true hub of the north in British Columbia. Uh, but the but the fact of the matter is a really really neat place to grow up. And I, I tell this story to young broadcasters because um, a, as my dad had a hobby farm, my very first job I was 11 years old, and my dad hired me on the farm. And my first job was to basically shovel shit. And and <coughs> sorry for the language, but I was shoveling manure out of the barn. And I'm an 11-year-old, and I'm saying, there is no way I'm going to be a farmer when I grow up. This is the worst, most disgusting job I've ever had in my life, and it's manual labor. And I don't like manual labor by any (laughs) means. So I think it's one of the reasons why I became a broadcaster and got the salmon fishing job and everything else, you know, from that standpoint. So uh, I'll say this about the Peace River Country, great place to grow up. And, you know, the summer times were great because I had motorcycles, and the winter times were great because I had skidoo's and and everything from that standpoint. But I, I knew... It wasn't where I was going to end my career and end my life because I, I wanted to move to
0: a big city. And you ended up uh, in the big city yeah. going to, going to school. And again, opposite to me, I, I did sort of the traditional route for the business, mm-hmm. which is to go out and just sort of like, you know, build yourself to the small town. So by the time, you know, I got to, uh, I got to Calgary, I had the years under my belt and I was right. like, you know, more of a finished product and you had to work sort of, you know, piecemeal jobs and establish yourself. How hard was it back then? I mean, as you say, you had to call Al Coates and, mm-hmm. you know, pester him up and, you know, and just bother people for jobs and, and yeah. access until just basically you know to shut you up they'd let you in.
1: <laughs> well and it's true and 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 as I say the the radio business has changed so much over the years like when I first got into the business there were so many independent radio stations and kick FM at the time which is now q107 which is under our umbrella yep. here at chorus you know it was it was just an independent uh, paper brown bagging holdings and so every radio station basically was an independent so there were a lot more jobs a lot more opportunities, you know, for young people like myself Mm -hmm. and yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to get your start. But, but I will say this and, and, and as much as I was lucky and fortunate, you know, to start my career in Calgary, it probably wasn't the best thing to happen because you make mistakes and you make a lot of mistakes as a as a young broadcaster. And I made my share of mistakes and I pissed off my share of coaches and everything from that standpoint. But uh, you know, you're trying to make a name for yourself, and and th- and then you look at mentors because I I I, I always wanted to be Billy Powell. Didn't want to be Billy Powers, but he was the king of Calgary radio, and and it was interesting because as I was you know trying to define my career and my own identity in this sport you know, my bosses came to me at kick FM and they said, you got to sound more like Billy. You got to be Billy Powers. You got to be the next Billy Powers. And, and I said, well, you know what guys, you know, Billy's an institution. Billy's a legend. Billy's got his own style. I can't be Billy Powers. I got to be Jock Wilson. I got to develop my own style, you know, from that standpoint. So, you know, I, I, respected what Billy did and Billy as a mentor, you know, took me under his wing as, as a young broadcaster and, you know, really, really did take me out to a number of different, you know, he was working at a different a competing radio station, but I tell you what, uh, he was, he was really, really important in the development of my career. So I have a lot of Respect for Billy.
0: Now, I mean, and a lot of people, you know, now because you know Calgary's grown and changed so much, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily you know sort of remember Billy and remember mm-hmm. what Billy meant uh, as as a broadcaster in Calgary. When you know when they talked about when the guys at Kick talked about wanting to make you the next Billy Powers, you know what what was Billy doing and and what did you do? To define yourself as yeah, Jock?
1: you know, you know, Billy was Billy was Billy. He, you know, he had his joke of the day. He had a unique style, which probably wouldn't work in today's radio. Mm-hmm. It was rapid fire. It was clips, and we're talking, you know, old school radio back in the day, where you know we had reel to reel tapes and we had cart machines, and you know that's like an old eight track uh, machine. And and Billy, you know, would, would just have this have this unique style that he would rip through the sportscast in two and a half minutes, and he would get everything in everything across and he was a personality and he was a legend. And, and so he would go anywhere. It was like, you know, Norm on Shares. Everybody knows Norm on shares. Everybody knew Billy Powers. And, and, and that's, that's where I really, really respect what Billy did. And that's sort of what I did to define my career in the early days, because this was Calgary. Calgary was a much smaller city back in the day. And, you know, you just had to be everywhere. It's all about networking. And, and people talk about networking in, in any business. Networking is so important. You had to get to know the right people, the right yeah. individuals, get involved in every sport. And, and, and there were a lots of different sports to get involved with. So, so that was really where I, 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 I define myself more like Billy. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be part of the community and, and I wanted to be known in the sports community. And so uh, Billy taught me that.
0: And when you talk about, you know, defining Jock Wilson, again, mm-hmm. you know, you take you know, you take from Billy, uh, you know, the community involvement, the, the, the larger than life personality, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you decided, you know, you know, what, what do you want people to think of when they think about Jock Wilson? How did you go about carving that out? Because when you and I worked at Kick, that was that—that that was, I think, really sort of where mm. that started. Yeah, no, and and
1: and that's a really really interesting question because you know you are trying to define yourself as a, as a young broadcaster, and and we did have a lot of great mentors here in Calgary at the time, like Eddie Whalen comes to mind. Ken Newens. Uh, Ken Newans comes to mind. Everything from that standpoint, but you do have to be you know, unique in, in what you are. And, and, and most people, you know, always laugh because jock is my real name. It's my given name. Everybody thought it was a stage name and everybody thought it was a little, Oh yeah, here's a sports guy, you know, trying to be jock. And, and, and I I always thought that was interesting, but I decided, I didn't, I didn't want to become a shock jock by any means, but I did become a little bit, um, Outspoken at times, and <laughs> I have pissed off my share of coaches in this inter- in in this industry. And you know, because I I wasn't I, I didn't want to be loved by everybody. That wasn't my 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 forte. But I wanted to be be known and. And, and so we talk about some of the stories. Like I remember Larry Koharik, the former coach of the Calgary Stampeters, he wanted to beat the crap out of me. And, and it was interesting. I can't even remember what I said on the air, yeah. but, uh, but I remember going down to the Calgary Stampeder pre, uh practice and this is when they practice on the old practice field and Kevin Gallant, Kevin Gallant was the PR guy. And he says, Jock, you got to stay away from, from coach Q. He's, he is mad at you. And I'm going, well, what did I do? And sure enough, coach Q got into my face. Kevin Gallant had to pull him away because he wanted to beat the crap out of me and he's not the only coach that wanted to beat me up. I, I've had some other coaches that I have uh, that I have pissed off in this uh, in this industry as well. So you know, again, not a Howard Stern, not a shock jock by any means. But I guess I, I define my career a little bit by being a little more colorful and outspoken at times.
0: Yeah, and I know you haven't uh, always been the most welcome guy with the Flames coaches down the, <laughs> down at the Dome as well. Uh, how did that all come around?
1: Well, you know, it, it's it's funny, Dave, because I've I've been blessed in this industry, and you know, I I always wanted to be a broadcaster. I always wanted to get into into sports broadcasting. And I, I don't think I would have been in this business if I, if I wasn't in sports, I probably would have followed that, uh, that business degree that I was talking about earlier. But, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, I was uh, on the play by not, well, not the play by play team, but I was on the, uh, the, the, the broadcast team for the Calgary Flames for, uh, for eight years. And uh, then you know, here I am with the Calgary Stampeder. So I feel like I've 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 had the two you know major properties here, and I've been part of the uh, the broadcast team, which again, very very fortunate to uh, to to go through this path. But uh, I think my favorite story uh, from pissing off a coach with the Calgary Flames was uh, was Brian <laughs> Sutter. And some people have heard this story before, but it's, it's a great story. So I, after I, I left the Calgary Flames broadcast, the radio station I was working for, 66 CFR, uh, they were Calgary Flames Radio, they wanted me to host Calgary's first ever primetime sports radio talk show. Very original name, you hear it now on 770 CHQR, Sports Talk with Jock. So I started this show after I left the Flames broadcast, and I told them, I said, if you want me to be you know, hosting a sports show. And this was unheard of. A drive, you know, this, this was just in the advance of, uh, of all sports radio station. We didn't yeah. have an all sports radio station in Calgary yet. And they said, uh, and we're the home of the Calgary Flames. And so we still have the Flames broadcast rights. They want me to be, a, you know, a sports talk show host. And I'm going, okay, but if I'm going to do this, you got to let me have an opinion. You got to, You know, if the flames suck, I got to be able to go out and say the flames suck and everything. And they go, no, no, that's what we want. We want you to be out there and uh, telling it as it is. So I said, okay, I'll take the uh, I'll, I'll take the opportunity. I left the Flames broadcast and I started up a sports talk with Jock. And this was a uh, this was about a year into it. And sure enough, um, the flames suck, and the flames are not a very good team. And Al Coates and uh, Brian Setter, you know, are part of the management team. And I just didn't go off on 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 my high horse and, and call these two individuals out. I was down at the uh, at the practice a number of times, talking to the players, and these players basically said, They've had it with Brian. They, they, they said, you know, his whole coaching methodology is work harder, work harder, work harder. And he's, and, and they were telling me that, you know, this isn't working out anymore. We got to We got to make a change here. So sure enough, I go on the air the next day and I go on this tirade, the outspoken Jock Wilson, where I call out the general manager and I call out the head coach and I say, these guys have got to go. This organization is going nowhere. If Brian Sutter and Al Coates are still, you know, running the show and everything from that standpoint. And this went on for a good—and again, we're we're the rights holders for the Calgary Flames, so this is a (laughs) little bit unheard of. So me, as a smart-ass kid, I go down to the uh, Saddle Dome the next day, and Brian Sutter is doing his media scrum with all the media, and he sees me out of the corner of his eye. And as soon as the media scrum is over, he says, "'You, Wilson, into my office.'" And I'm going, holy shit, for the first time in my life, I have been, called, called, into the been called into the coach's office. And I'm going, oh, this is not good. And then he goes to Peter Marr. Peter Marr was the uh, play-by-play voice, of course, for the Flames. And he says, Peter, I need you in here, too. He called Peter in because he was going to beat the crap out of me. And so he, need, he needed, yeah. to, have, he needed <laughs> to have Peter as a little bit of a buffer. And so Brian Sutter, you know, he had heard the show. He goes up one side of me and down the other side of me. And he calls me every name in the book. And it's, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. What have I done? <laughs> this is unbelievable, and he really, you know, did uh, did uh, um, you know make me feel very uh, small at, at times. And when it was all over, I basically said, you know, Brian, you have a job to do. I have a job to do. Sorry, you didn't like it, and uh, left it at that. And I walked out of the coach's office. First person I see is uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, who was with the Flames at the time, and he's smiling because he knows Brian is not happy. And yeah. you know, players have been called into the coach's office as well. But uh, that was the closest I think I came from uh, really, really being beaten up by a uh, by a coach. But uh, I tell you what, that that still is uh, something that ha- hangs with me for a long, long time.
0: Now, it's it's been a while since you got chewed out by a coach here. So you're getting <laughs> mellow in your old age. Age, but well, just, John Huffnagle was the last. I know that was just the, that was that was where I was going with this. Is the most recent one was when the Calgary Stampeders were playing in that touchdown Atlantic game, oh, my goodness. and you know, and and they had a, they had to do a football clinic the day before the game, and then game day went out and stank the joint out. And you had your opinion on that, and Huff had his opinion on you.
1: Oh, well, it was it was so funny because you know I, I remember I had Huff on the show because uh, as we do now with Dave Dickinson, we have the the coaches show, and Huff was on the air, and I said. I don't know whose idea that was to have that football clinic the day before, but that was just a bad idea. And Huff says it was my decision. And I'm going, okay. and then things got really quiet. And then and then you know, because we had our coaches' meeting the next day before the flames uh, before the Stampeders played, excuse me. And sure enough, we walk into the coach's office and he has his bulletin board open and he basically outlines everything that they do on every road trip and everything that's planned. And oh my goodness, he was uh, he was not happy. Happy with Jock Wilson, but uh, I don't think Huff was ever going to beat me up.
0: No, no, it's a, you, you and you, you and Huff have had your go arounds oh, yeah. but uh, there's, there's, you know, I, I think one thing, you know, so you know, like the, the common thing though with the, with all these stories, and it's it's important for you know people in, in any kind of you know journalism or reporting is the accountability because you know they say you and I like say well we'll say what we want yeah but you got to be down there the next day. To, to back it up. No, I, and I think that's, that's
1: really important. That's a great, uh, great message, and, and, and that's why I respect, you know, what, when I was with the Calgary Flames broadcast doing the sports talk show uh, when I'm here at uh, 770 CHQR. You know, you know, yes, you're still a partner. And, 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 and believe me, we're still a partner of the Calgary Stampeders. We want the Stampeders to have success. You know, we feel like we're, we're part of the family at times. But if there is some dysfunction happening with the organization, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not mm-hmm. going to throw it under the table. We're going to report it. We're going to talk about it. And, you know, we're going to let our listeners know about it. And I think that's really, really important because, you know, you it, there, is a, there is a fine line. As a partner of the of the organization, you know, we are the rights holders you know obviously there there is a financial contribution from you know the the radio station to the to the organization but you know the the this the 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 management team here at 770 has never said jock you can't say this about the calgary stampeder. Right. you know and that and that's what i i i really respect because i think it's important to be able to get that message out.
0: okay you did this to me when yes. we were uh, doing the uh, the the podcast about me I've known you for damn near 35 yes. years now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something I don't know about Jock Wilson.
1: Okay, um, this, is, this is a good one because when I was, uh, you know, a young farm boy growing up in uh, Puscoopie, British Columbia, I don't think a lot of, and this is not something I share with very, very I was a member of 4-H, and 4-H was, was great. And so I had my cow, I had a beef cow, I had a dairy cow. I also had a chicken. We had, a, we had uh, some chickens, and so I took this chicken to the grand prairie fair and my chicken won grand champion chicken Woo! <laughs> so i i don't tell that story very often but you're talking about a
0: young farm boy here that had the grand champion chicken of uh, the uh, grand prairie fair did you know that i did not know okay that. i did not know that you are you are a grand champion hey man I've got my I got my South Richmond Little League trophy I can fall back on and you have got your grand champion chicken. I do. We're never gonna get a Stanley Cup ring. We're never getting a great cup ring, but champions we are in our own right. That's too funny. Jocko, it's been uh, it's been a good thirty five years, man. I hey, hope we get thirty five more. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? That's uh, that's all the time we've got. I hope you've had uh, as much fun meeting the crew as we have uh, sharing our stories uh, with you. Remember, uh, we'd like you to rate us. Let us know what you think about what we're doing. Please uh, pass on story ideas because we need a new story idea every Thursday for the Calgary Stampeder podcast, which you can get uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Jock Wilson. I'm Dave Rowe. Thanks for joining us on the Calgary Stampeder podcast.